so I'll just do all right so we'll start um so this is the official ipfs podcast uh the interplanetary file system um we've got a really special guest today uh but first i just wanted to um do a sponsor um so coinstop.com.au is probably the best place i think in the world for getting hardware wallets um if you jump onto their website and put in the promo code ipfs um you can get a discount and uh, yeah, support the program as well. So uh, Torsten is joining us. So uh, Torsten, can, can you give us a bit of background on yourself? Like our, our paths have crossed numerous times over the years and we've um, started a few projects that have kind of started and, and fizzled out, but we're, uh, we keep, keep trying hard to work together. But do you wanna give us a bit of background on yourself, kind of where you're at and, and where you're going? Yeah, surely, sure. Um, so um, thanks, thanks for having me, and it's always good to, to chat with you. Um, and and uh, glad to be um, a part of this podcast. So um, I'm originally German, um, but I spent eight years in uh, Melbourne. My my company is called 3D Content Hub. It's a small media uh, company that specializes in documentaries and especially uh, emerging formats. So I was one of the first people who do who did 3D and then 4K and then VR kind of documentaries. So that's kind of my my media background. And then um, eventually I started producing my own, uh, directing and producing my own um, films, documentaries. And um, the first one was Bitcoin, the end of money as we know it in 2014-15. And then uh, more recently, Cryptopia, Bitcoin blockchains and the future of the internet. That was 2020, supported by Screen Australia. And yeah, we've been chatting about this film and the other one actually quite a bit. And yeah, yeah, let's let's see where this, this one goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we get into that one, um, do you want to Give us a background on your your VR projects that you're working on, because I know you're doing some pretty cool stuff, and I'm I'm quite interested in that. And we we did have a, a bit of a uh, foray into developing something for Cryptopia um, around that. But like, what's your background in VR, and like wh like where where do you see it sort of going um, from now into the future? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm I think um, well, even though I was early, I might have kind of missed the boat a little couple of years ago and um, even though I had a strong thesis I might have been wrong so it, it, for your listeners it, this might be an interesting uh, little story so um, coming from the traditional TV world um, 3D was like a new format everybody was excited about uh, um, 3D that was 2011-12 um, and indeed there were a few 3D channels um, starting and I was kind of like the 3D guy at all these conferences and you know film festivals and things like that um, that fizzled out quickly even though a lot of TV were actually starting to be, be 3D TVs. Nobody really used it, yeah? Mm. Um, and other than a few, uh, you know, uh, big blockbuster movies, 3D is kind of uh, not a thing anymore, at least on TV. Um, 4K, similar story, but different outcomes. So again, early format, people started sh shooting these bigger cameras. Um, some channels came on, on board. Netflix, uh, you know, started uh, with their 4K. And now, of course, every TV is a 4K television. 4K has always almost become um, the standard, right, for, for this kind of media. Um, and when, when VR, so, so 360 video, I should, I should say, came around, I'm like, okay, I, I think I know how to do this because it's kind of like the same producers of, of content, the, the, the early adopters, the, the tinkers, tink, tinkerers and things like that. Um, but I think um, there was a lot of excitement about maybe four years ago in, in, in this industry and um, it, nothing really has, has happened and it kind of died down quickly, similar to, to 3D. However, um, now the, the, the positive story I think for VR is that now the headsets are getting out. People are super excited about VR. Everybody who tries it loves it. Um, 
mostly for gaming, maybe less so for, for video, um, but I still uh, work with Oculus, I still work with a few um, film producers on bringing good content um, into, into that um, VR ecosystem. And I think that the, the thing is, uh, VR is really a new medium. It's not just a new format, or uh, it's really a new medium. And, and you probably know more about the interactivity part than, than I do coming from the TV world. There's no, like it gets rid of the fourth wall, right? <laughs> like you're, you're in it, it's crazy. It's so, like we, we've done heaps of um, photography more so at school in 360 degree. Um, and yeah, probably around the same time, but, but four years ago we sort of jumped into it. So like my school's probably got more 360 photos than any school in the world, I would say just, and from a student perspective as well. So like these wacky shots around the school and we've got to put them up on on our street view, which is, and we've done a few um, virtual tours as well. But but I think that like the where where the, the VR is going in terms, you're right. Like in terms of like the um the hardware, it's gotten cheap enough now, like with the Oculus and stuff, to be sort of ubiquitous. So like anyone anyone can pick up a pretty cheap headset and be involved. And I think what 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 I love now is um these uh, protocols uh, and um. Uh, open protocols and open um, uh, software that you can actually develop on. So like uh, A-Frames, one that I'm really excited about that um, I've, I've been in talks with you about in the past and like what Mozilla has developed on top of that with their SDK to actually build out virtual worlds that you can collaborate in. And it's not uh, prohibitive, prohibitive if you have a, a, a cheap um, computer or even a Chromebook, you can be connected with someone in a VR headset now. So I think what um, I'm quite excited about is actually building worlds. So um, instead of doing a Zoom like this, we can actually be in worlds together and, and be collaborating. And I think from a student perspective, I think that's, that's really going to change, be a game changer. Yeah. So, so basically what you're saying there, a part of what you're saying there is it's going to be, so, so the exciting um, developments are less on the big closed platform like uh, Facebook's Oc Oculus or the, the uh, Vive um, system and more on these open uh, standards, right? I think so. I think so. And I feel like, I mean, that's across the board, right? I think for, for pretty much everything, like if it's not open and it's not freely available. What, what it was funny actually, like uh, recently I saw, who was it? Someone criticizing uh, BTC and they were doing it over VoIP. I'm like, <laughs> there was like some senator or something saying, I want to make it illegal. I want to make it illegal for people to use BTC and rah, rah, rah. I'm like, do you understand the irony of <laughs> saying you want to yeah. do that over and like, Obviously not. Be wary of it. It was a guy, oh, I totally forget who it was, but it, like, it was someone who should have known better. I was just like, my God, this is crazy. Um, all right, so so moving forward into um, Cryptopia. So that's, that's your latest film that's out. And I've been following everything on Twitter. You're doing like amazing stuff. The film is one of the best films I've ever seen. I was just like cheering through the whole thing. I thought it was so Thank cool. Um, in, in particular, like the part where you go to that vault, like that was just so cool. I was like, uh, one, I want to go there. I could probably never be allowed to go there. But two, how did you get into that place? And uh, can you give a bit of a backstory on that and, and sort of get into that? Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, the advantage from, for us was um, having made another Bitcoin movie earlier, making the second one was easier. So that was Screen Australia, opened the doors, and many of the crypto influencers and Bitcoin uh, billionaires kind of uh, were, were more open to, to um, seeing us. And um, yeah, we negotiated hard um, um, when, when Wences basically told us about the, the vault and, and 
it, it, we were like, okay, we have to go there. This would be a great shoot. Um, even though it was like logistically um, uh, like super difficult to get the crew there and it's like super secret and, you know, couldn't, had to switch off the phones and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think it was worth it. And it's also nicely edited by, by Michael, um, my, my co-director. And um, so for the audience who hasn't seen it, so basically that's the place where, um, so the, the, the most secure thing to do with your Bitcoin, uh, your private keys, is to actually not store them on your computer because your computer can be hacked or you can throw it away and it's in, in a dumpster. Um, so a hardware wallet um, is, is one way to do it um, uh, for, for normal mortals like us, but with the rich people, they kind of see, um, secure it in, in big installations. And in this case, it's a military uh, bunker in Switzerland um, where one fifth of your private key is kind of held super securely off, offline, the, off the internet. And um, that's just one fifth of that. And, and the other four and four different continents so basically a hacker would need to get like your key and four a break into that i mean it's like it's a crazy story um that yeah pretty safe <laughs> so cool so cool i was just blown away by that and it's it really it really shows like how like the evolution of that from like the early days where it was like you know the bitcoin qt wallet and whatever like just <laughs> no one really cared and like you were kind of just giving them away to now and it's like you know hiding it in the side of a mountain like it's like oh my god yeah. so cool. inside a mountain then down and like uh yeah, <laughs> great doors i mean it's, it's a crazy scene and actually now that you um uh, remind me wasn't there a guy like early on in 2013, 14, he was at Bitcoin conferences with a ring and in, in the inside of this ring, he had um, engraved his private key. Uh, that was like a cool thing to do. And now you would say, hmm, that's not really clever, is it? <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. so bad, yeah. <laughs> like that's so interesting about technology, right? What, yes. what seems obvious like five years ago is like, no, that, that was a pretty bad idea. <laughs> a terrible idea. Yeah, actually the... Um... The, the guy who donated to my school to, to build the um, classrooms out of shipping containers for the 21 BTC that we got, um, he actually had his first um, seed, the 12-word seed phrase, tattooed on his arm, which I thought was, it was cool. He said, there's nothing in it. It's just, it's like important to me. So that's why I sort of thought, yeah. like, wow, that's probably the coolest <laughs> tattoo I've ever seen. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. So, but he probably had the idea of doing that to begin with, like not from a security standpoint, just like, hey, this is cool. Um, yeah, cool. All right. So that's um, that's kind of the, the intro to the film. The film is amazing. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. It's on how many different platforms now? Because no, it's, it's on Amazon. We're not on Netflix yet. We might oh, be sorry. on Netflix okay. in Europe, but that, that probably won't help many of the listeners. So so Amazon Prime, it's on CryptopiaFilm.com. It's on Vimeo yeah. On Demand. And uh, look, if, if somebody can't afford the uh, whatever, $5, then send me an email. I'm happy to to give access to, to anyone who wants to access it. Oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, so so with the, I'll say this is not on Netflix. Hopefully we'll be soon. Um, I know Netflix uses IPFS as a protocol on their back end to deliver content, which I think is awesome. Um, I don't know how the other platforms do it, like um, Amazon and that sort of thing. Probably something not, not dissimilar. Um, what do you think about using a protocol like RPFS um, to host content? Have you looked into that specifically for video and the advantages of that? Like, do, do you know much about it? 
You know, not really, even though I'm like a tech enthusiast and, and a content creator, like we, um, a lot of the producers and directors and, and, and filmmakers that I know um, don't really go that deep into the tech. So, so I think that that's where the, the value of people like yourself uh, come in, where, where you kind of uh, take technology, package it in a way, make it easy for, for the users, but also the content creators. And even though, I mean, I've been a huge proponent, proponent of filmmakers becoming more entrepreneurial, right? Because a film is kind of like a company, you know, like starting a project, you need to build an audience and to self-promote it. And I'm I like a one-man business in, in that way as a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. um, but I think um, going down on that level, not really. So I'm actually, uh, you know, I was going to ask you a little bit about it. Um, oh, like cool. For, let's say a, a filmmaker, what, what could be uh, like a use case or what, what, what do you see like in two or three years? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's a number of open protocols. I thought the like IPFS is obviously my go-to for for data because I think it's it's really cool in terms of what what pro issues it fixes with the internet. So number one, I see being censorship. So I don't know if you've come into much with that with your past projects or this project in terms of YouTube or anything. But like with um, probably told you this before, but like with uh, my school, we do these things called an evening mission. So the students like do software learning for up to sort of three years on a, a topic that they're excited about. And um, the sort of default place to upload all that content to is a lot of videos that the kids create has been using like, you know, um, different um, mediums to sort of create, create stuff. Some of it's fantastic, some of it's like whatever, but the default's always YouTube, right? And YouTube's deleted a bunch of their work. And it's really sad because it's, it's uh, probably just an algorithm doing it, but there's like one girl did um, GMO foods and did uh, like amazing wigglers a couple of years ago, just deleted because obviously, I don't know, for whatever reason, Google didn't agree with the politics and, and it's gone. Um, we had a bunch of kids doing gaming, so probably for copyright and that sort of thing, just into the ether. And a lot of them, like, oh, one girl actually uh, was feeding homeless people and for whatever reason, the stuff got deleted as well. It's just like, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and politics as well, right? So uh, there's a lot yeah. of politicians or, or uh, right-wing or left-wing that's being kind of shadow banned or banned, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it, it all comes down to, to ownership. So my number one thing I see with, with IPFS as a protocol is solving that. So like your stuff belongs to you and not a third party like Google or uh, Microsoft or Facebook or, you know, pick your poison. Um, have you come into to any issues with censorship over the years? Yeah, so um, th this is actually a very big issue in the crypto community. So um, uh, the, the, the policy around crypto and coins and ICOs and tokens has like um, shifted within whether it's Facebook or um, YouTube or some of the other platforms. And then suddenly big channels, including like from some big Australian, um, you know, crypto influencers and, and VIPs suddenly get deleted or something like that, which I mean, if you think about it, those people might employ another, uh, you know, a staff of five, right? And they've built this audience over the five years and suddenly with something that yeah. you can't control, it, it's, it's gone. And um, I think I, for my both films, I'm not even sure, um, we couldn't do advertising on Facebook because again, the, the, the policy, right? Even though I'm a filmmaker, I'm not selling like a, you know, like a token or, or something. Mm. Um, it is tricky. And within the community, this whole freedom is like one of the key, uh, you, you know, uh, um, things that people um, rally around. So uh, open platforms, yeah, 100%. I mean, 100%. Awesome, awesome. So so IPFS has got to a point now where it's, it's, it's got a really good GUI. Like it sort of started off as CLI, the so command line interface and it was a bit clunky to use on the 
um, for the from the user perspective, from the from the back end, really really slick, like in terms of what it can do. So basically, what it does is it splits up or shards your um, file, so whatever that is. So it's a, a picture of us together, or your film, or a piece of audio, or actually this this audio will go up on IPFS, and you can pin that to your uh, server and or to your node, and then it shards it on the network so it splits it up into to little pieces and it puts it all back together for the, the person that wants to watch it on the other end. So not dissimilar to torrents, um, mm. just just a lot more in depth in what you can do with that. So there's a whole, whole bunch of cool um, things that it allows you to do. Number one being ownership and proof of ownership. So it, it hashes that content with a unique identifier. So what, what I reckon if you're up for it, um, and we don't have to do it today, but we can can work on it. It's actually taking your film and, and making a, a unique hash of that film, putting it on IPFS and put it up on on Cryptotopia, um, yeah. on on the website if if you wanted to. But um, what that enables people to do is actually host parts of so not the whole thing, so no one else owns it, but just parts of that file. And what happens is it actually um, the more people that watch it, the faster the file gets delivered to you. So like. In, instead of like the, the legacy internet, like say YouTube, so say say we did like a 30 second clip now um, and it went viral and it was us just making stupid faces or something and everybody wanted to watch it at the same time. That one megabyte clip could create petabytes of data because people just have to download it every time they watch it, right? And so the servers get slow, so they get jammed up. And it's like, if you have all these people trying to watch it at the same time, there's a bottleneck. And it's like, oh, servers go down. IPFS works in the opposite way. The more people that watch it, the faster it gets. So the more people you have on the protocol, the um, the better it is. And for video, I see that as being the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. So like ownership and speed, but also you don't have to rely on, on a persistent internet connection. So. So like what we were looking at with the, the film and showing it to schools and maybe even doing an edit for, for schools in particular, mm. if you think about schools in say third world countries, so like El Salvador, for example, or um, rural schools in Australia, because Australia's got the worst internet in the whole world, pretty much, <laughs> bar none, I would say. Um, it means if you're running a full uh, IPFS node, you can actually host files to view offline so you don't need a persistent internet connection so mm. it, it it fixes all the issues with http um which i think is is really exciting but in particular for film yeah wow that's that's fantastic so, so two questions come to mind so first of all um so i've never really used BitTorrent, but but the, the but is, wasn't it the case that um if you have a file in, whether it's a, in, in a legal or illegal file um, on BitTorrent, the more people uh, have it as a node or like on there, you know, backed up or something, then the faster you would get it, uh, right? And it's kind of a similar mm -hmm. um, process, Very similar. Right? Yep, yep. You can think of it in the in exact, exact sort of same way. Um, it's just more built for the web and, um, like I said, ownership. So like that unique identifier. There's a few other things as well that we probably don't need to get into that, that make it, uh, that fits like, uh, a lot of the issues with the legacy internet um right. but yeah i think i think it's quite exciting particularly for film um the the other thing that that i've uh started using 
uh, a lot recently, and this video I'll put up on there as well as like I said, is the LBRY uh, platform. LBRY is like, a, it's actually a fork of BTC. Um, and basically it allows you to upload uh, film. And instead of, I, I love the model, it's really, really clever. Um, instead of uh, like the YouTube model where there's advertising and you have to watch it and, and you kind of get paid through that. Instead of that, they, they pay the person watching it in LBC tokens for their time sort of thing. And I thought that was really yeah. interesting and cool. Um, I've, seen, I've, I've, seen, I've seen a number of these um, um, platforms um, and like it, it seems like every um, cryptocurrency that that um, uh, you know wants to kind of scale they have like one video project and, and I mean that that is interesting I mean obviously most of them will fail and that's totally fine um, mm. but I think um, I mean just just the idea that instead of 70% of the, the income going to Google, right, or big tech, um, you, you could have 70% of, of whatever uh, view attention or advertising money or even, even subscription or um, pay VOD because every time you watch, you know, a, a millions of whatever coin, um, it will be contributed uh, one way or the other. I mean, that's just fantastic. And that's that would actually be uh, my next question around um, uh, IPFS. So what you're describing sounds a little bit almost like a, a lightning network kind of uh, a decentralized network where now yeah. all these next generation web three protocols are coming up. But the, the big difference to legacy web two or, or, or web application is that now all the, the, the incentives are aligned that you are actually incentivized to run a node and then you get compensated in whatever cryptocurrency uh, is, is being passed through. Um, but that mechanic isn't part of the, of the system, right? Uh, I it is now. So uh, yeah, Filecoin launched uh, kind of when I stopped doing the podcast. <laughs> um, so I don't know, six months ago or something. But it's um, yeah, quite cool. So but it's and there's a number of projects like that, like Cheers, something similar. And I don't know if you remember Storge from years ago. Yeah, Storage, I mean, Storge, yeah, yeah, it kind of just disappeared off the map. But um, I think they're still doing stuff. But that that concept of actually paying people to to share their their hard drive space. So in on the RPFS or in, in the Filecoin universe, it's called proof of space time. So you're you have a proof over like your hard drive space and you're sharing that to the network and you get rewards for that, which I really mm. like. Like I think everyone's got like a spare hard drive at home just sitting there sort of doing nothing. Why not put it to, to good use and use these open protocols so it can actually you know, serve up content. I think the, the big thing with that is um, the, 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 the detractor people say is always like, oh, what about, you know, negative stuff and, and um, things like that in the network. But I was having this conversation today around Bitcoin and, you know, the, the whole fun around it being used by criminals and it's, it's the worst thing in the world. It's like, well, yeah, criminals always use the best technology. <laughs> it's kind of the equivalent of saying, well, the guy robbed a bank and he was wearing Nike shoes and, and ran away really quickly in the Nike shoes. We better ban Nike shoes for everybody. Like, yeah. it's silly, right? Um, but yeah, so I think I think that that whole narrative probably is, will change over time. It's just um, I, agree. I, I find it kind of irritating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. um, so so hold on, but so I'm um, um, I. PFS is connected to Filecoin, or are you? Are you I'm, I'm saying Filecoin is. is sort of like okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, so and and um, not dissimilar to LBRY, so they have the LBRY token, and the front end of that is called Odyssey. 
So Odyssey sort of talked to the library blockchain. Yeah, I can... talked to these guys before. Yeah, aren't they oh, cool. aren't they connected to the Bitcoin Cash uh, community? I uh, so, don't right? think so. No, they've, they've got their own own crypto um, oh, okay. separate to that. So we actually did a student interview with the CEO um, mm. in in the last lockdown, which is really cool. And we set up a um, you, you'll dig this actually if you go to lbiproject.github.io. Um, basically, he put up his own tokens to find the best student created video. So kids can submit the videos and then whichever one gets the most likes basically gets gets the token sort of thing. So pretty cool. And a re really nice guy is just like really uh, open with his ideas and just wanted to um, yeah, sort of help people get the content out without it uh, being deleted. I think the yeah. idea of it, of student content getting deleted sort of really resonated with him as it would for anybody really. It's just like these big draconian companies because they're kind of faceless at this point aren't they it's like yeah well totally. we we own everything so what are you going to do <laughs> totally <laughs> totally let me make a note here in my uh, calendar to reach out back to these guys because I, I i think i might even have a channel there or something uh so yeah but well, I, I mean it's I, just I, I could help you with that as well if you wanted to i was, was going to say if you want to put the film on ipfs and lbry with lbry you can actually monetize it and and have mm -hmm. Like a obviously like people get paid to watch it and you get paid, but you can actually put a price now as well. So like you can put up a, a film and say it costs this much. So kind of like what they do with um, uh, Vimeo, but in a decentralized way and you get get paid in tokens. So I reckon that would be Very cool. A, a cool way to go. Um, yeah. So um, sort of moving on from that. So what's um, the new project you're working on? On is like we, we've had talks about it before. How much can you say? And um, yeah, like what, what's your expectations? Yeah, so um, I mean, the next one um, I'm pretty excited about. Um, people have been saying, oh, when are you making your next film on crypto and on NFTs and on the creator economy? And I'm, I am passionate about the topic for sure. Or oh, when are you doing something on AI? Again, super uh, fascinating. And I think, um, uh, yeah, I want to be that filmmaker that really talks about uh, upcoming big uh, controversial um, industries and, and technologies. But the one that I'm actually focusing now is um, the, the space economy. So anything from uh, school kids launching mini rockets to uh, or, or mini satellites as well to um, obviously the, the big um, space station that China is building now actually as the ISS kind of is being decommissioned China is building a new one um, so anything um, yeah that's being launched into orbit uh, there's so many interesting stories and we're starting to shoot in October and um, hopefully um, yeah doing a few shoots in Australia Screen Australia hopefully involved um, a lot of American activities and the big crack uh, the nut to crack is China because China is like a, this big unknown the geopolitical rival of with America and, and they don't really talk uh, too much. They're, they're a bit, bit secretive. The whole industry there is being um, uh, monitored and controlled by the, uh, the People's Liberation Army. So it's military uh, involved. So um, getting to shoot there would be similarly um, exciting as that. That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so cool. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped for that. Now you'll, you'll find this hilarious. So like I kicked off the podcast again um, last week. And I actually get there's a, there's a guy online who's got a um, a two Bitcoin bet for the Flat Earth theory. <laughs> and I just saw it online. I thought that is so funny. Um, and I saw him on on this um, this comedian's podcast, and it was it was really hilarious because I don't know if you know um, uh, what's it, Brian Callen, the comedian. Yeah, it sounds familiar. He's yeah. very arrogant, like this arrogant dude, and he's like he's I find him quite irritating. 
he had this sweater at on and it was just the funniest thing I've ever seen because he didn't expect this guy to have like charts and all this crazy stuff <laughs> and it was just outrageous so I thought oh, to bring back the, the interplanetary file system podcast let's make it hilarious so I had this guy so I, did, I was quite I was quite diplomatic but um if you ever listen to that, it'd be quite fun. I reckon you'll dig it probably more than anyone with the upcoming it, project. <laughs> there's actually there's a, um, a film recommendation here. So um, on Netflix, there's a documentary called Be- Beyond the Curve or Behind the Curve or something like that about the flat yeah. earth movement. And yeah. the nice thing about it is it, it actually doesn't make fun of the people or like, like really, it's, uh, it's right. like really a good um, social studies about the, the mechanics within the community. There's influencers and, 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 you know, like thought leaders and spiritual forefathers. I mean, it's super interesting. And then at the end, they are basically they have de- de- derived this one experiment to kind of prove that the that the world is is indeed flat and um yeah that's a very very cool scene I'll as well. Check but, it out. That sounds yeah. cool. Really, well, really cool. maybe we can uh, tee up another one and we can show him some of your footage from the new film. That'd be cool. I want this. This is really fun, Thorsten. I mean, if, is is there anything else you wanted to 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 drop on what you're working on or any any new new projects aside from that one? No, so so again, uh, thanks thanks for having me. Uh, you're always like one of the the thought leaders when it comes to bringing technologies into the edu- education system. So I, I love to uh, chat with you anytime. Um, and also maybe um, just a personal message I mean content creation is hard whether it's your podcast or whether it's uh, me as a filmmaker and uh, it's just um, so important even if if you know you don't pay for a film or something like that just to to show appreciation on Twitter or like share something or, t- or talk about it because I mean content creators um, live on money but also on kind of this this social vi- virality so any any little bit any IMDB rating or whatever it is um, or Amazon uh, you know five star really really helps so um, anyone listening um, just think of your favorite filmmakers and songwriters and, and podcasters um, a little bit <laughs> please please support oh before we go thoughts on el salvador like that's so cool in my opinion but like what when you said, had the news like what, what did you think and and yeah i was just blown away myself but what did you think yeah, look, um, I mean, back in 2014, when I started filming about for, for my first film, Bitcoin, everyone was saying, oh, Bitcoin is going to replace the dollar, right? And and it was like seven years later, clearly none of that has happened. And But what has kind of happened in the last, let's say, three or four years is this whole concept of Bitcoin as digital gold, right? People have like considered it an asset, uh, an anti-inflation hedge, an anti, you know, what if the dollar breaks down kind of investment asset. So what I would have thought is that we will see central banks putting you know they have gold they have dollars they have euros and maybe a little allocation in bitcoin that that's what i would have expected for this year but that a government is saying oh bitcoin is legal tender so it is kind of replacing the national currency um although i think el salvador doesn't have their own currency at the moment they use dollars uh mm-hmm. huge surprise i mean in the grand scheme of things el salvador really doesn't matter that much uh, economically but i mean it's it's just one of those little things right i mean um all the banks are now joining all the the big corporations are kind of joining the crypto and blockchain movement it's just it's unstoppable it's an anti-fragile um technology and um yeah it's 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 too late to Amazing. resist <laughs> yeah yeah do, do you know the history of, of how that sort of came about with the bitcoin beach project um a little bit but if you want to retell it i think it's an it's an interesting story for your audience because it's, it's a it's a grassroots kind of thing right i think i told it on the last one but i'll do it again <laughs> um yeah no it's amazing so like the i've been following the bitcoin beach project for the last year and sort of tweeting back and forth with them i was actually getting some students to make a website for them at one point um but they just got flooded with stuff so it didn't end up happening but um basically there's a group of guys moved in uh from the states 
and they've set up um, a circular economy paying students to stay in school. So the history of, of El Salvador is quite violent and a lot of kids like leave school to go into gangs and that sort of thing, and um, which is quite sad. So these guys have moved in, seen that that's an issue, seen that there's no banks. So these people have never had bank accounts before. So they've just leapfrogged that entirely, given everyone Android phones, and set them up with BTC wallets. So they're actually using um, Lightning, so Lightning Network right. everywhere. Um, in uh, so it's actually software developed in Australia called the Wallet of Satoshi, which is my favorite Lightning Network, mm -hmm. and one from the States called Strike. And they started just paying the kids to stay in school and to stay on the weekends, clean up the rivers and, and um, give them a purpose sort of thing. And then with that, they set up all the merchants. This is like some people in like, you know, mud huts and stuff, just selling food and whatever, set them all up as well. And then the crazy thing that happened was like, everyone's like obviously using it in the community. They started moving up the beach, doing it for this school and that school. And the, the gangsters were like protecting these guys <laughs> as they're moving up and like fixing, wow. fixing these economies. And then that's obviously got to the president. And now here we are, I'm just like, my god i wish i could do something that meaningful with my life that's just amazing but yeah that's that's the background wow this this reminds me of that story and, and i'm forgetting um the i'm just, just trying to look for it um that game in in the philippines do you know what i'm talking about the the nft story no so there's this one uh, game well, like a lot of Filipino um, um, unemployed and, and, and students um, uh, struggling during COVID have been like um, earning NFTs, exchanging them for Ether, exchanging them for, for real money. So a whole economy of these uh, gamers have, has, have developed, which is kind of like one of those NFT stories that you don't hear about. So the, the, the normal NFT story is, oh, uh, somebody sells an artwork or a piece of IP and makes <laughs> or a tweet. Money yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. and and so there's so many use cases but again we don't really know what is the killer app right what what's going to happen and there's going to be hundreds of experiments totally normal most of them will fail but there's a few emerging um emergent user behaviors and it's just so fascinating and i'll have story. to check that out that, that sounds really cool oh thanks mm. so much this is awesome so is the best place to go cryptotopiafilm.com yeah, cryptopiafilm.com or just uh, look for my name, Torsten plus Bitcoin or Torsten plus blockchain. You'll, you'll definitely find me. I'm, you'll I'm find you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Pete. We'll have to, uh, we'll catch up soon anyway. But yeah, thanks for doing this. This is great. Thanks so much, Kieran. All the way. Cheers. Bye.